And today we are going to be talking about Hanami, one of yes. my favorite festivals uh, when I was living in Japan. Um, so Hanami, for anyone that doesn't know, uh, is a Japanese holiday. Uh, it directly translates to flower viewing, um, and mm -hmm. it usually refers to cherry trees, which are known as sakura, but they sometimes mm -hmm. also refer to plum trees, uh, which are ume, um, and... Do you have fond memories of Hanami? Because I love it. <laughs> well, I think the thing is, it's just one of those special times of year when you just see the changes, like everywhere you see the cherry trees and the blossoms all around the country. I mean, when I was very young, we lived in an area of Kyoto where there's a street called Tetsugaku no Michi. Mm -hmm. um, and along there, they have cherry trees the whole way along and that blooms at, at this time of year. So that's a very special thing. You also, um, when I was living in Kobe, the thing is that they were on the on a valley. And on the opposite side of the valley, there were cherry trees in amongst the woods. So you could oh. see the cherry trees sort of like out against the trees there. So it was really, really good. That sounds um, so pretty. I actually like realized I knew it when I was living there. And then I guess I forgot it. This is a whole episode of me remembering. <laughs> um, but I remembered when I was doing research again, uh, I looked up the area and I found out by doing a little extra research that the area I used to live near is actually like one of the top 100 Hanami spots. And I didn't oh, right. realize that. Yeah, I lived very <laughs> close to Shukugawa Park. Um, <laughs> and I used to walk down that all the time. Like my parents and I would go for long walks. Sometimes if I missed the bus, I would bike all the way to one of the train stations. Yeah. And then I would hop the train to get to school. So yeah. And I realized later, or like now I like remember that it was like one of the best spots for uh, Hanami. <laughs> and I just think that's so funny that it's like, this is one of the top 100 spots for Hanami. And I just, it was in my neighborhood. <laughs> yeah, it's great. It's just right there. It was I, great. It, yeah, because I also remember that the first school I went to, in, well, one of the earliest schools that I went to in Japan, they had like cherry trees in the schoolyard. So mm -hmm. you'd have those would appear. You say, "Oh yeah, that's this time of year," because <laughs> uh, I mean sometimes it'd be so dense that it would be it would be as if the thing had leaves on it. You know, it would it would create that shade, but it would just be this just flower petals. Yeah, it's so beautiful. Yeah. If anyone hasn't been able to uh, participate in a hanami or see a cherry tree, I absolutely recommend trying to do it if there is the ability mm -hmm. to do yeah. so. It is really just a wonderful experience, just the natural beauty of the tree. Um, but it's also really fun in Japan. It's like one of the few times that people really like party in public um, because yeah. most of the time Japanese people, it's a stereotype, but it is very true. Je most Japanese people are quite reserved. Um, they mm. aren't very boisterous or loud. And Hanami was one of the few times where people would like they were having fun in a very public yeah. space. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so the official period of Hanami is actually announced by the Weather Bureau. And there are many mm. people who like for certain offices or certain places of work, it is a holiday. Like people take off to go to Hanami and to view the flowers. Yeah. Um, it's usually this big outdoor party where friends and family gather together beneath the sakura trees. Um, and usually people celebrate well during the day, but some people will celebrate long into the night. Some people even camp out yeah. so that they can hold their spot mm -hmm. so that they can stay for multiple days in the in a row and celebrate with a 
fairly large amount of uh, alcohol. And um, <laughs> there's actually a specific term for um, doing hanami at night, and it's called yozakura, which is night mm -hmm. sakura, uh, which I didn't know yeah. that. I thought that was really cute. Yeah, it's just it's just interesting just having to look back on it and just like because I watched a few videos and stuff like that and it's like the sort of like advice for people who want to go it's sort of things like you know make sure you take a tarpaulin or something like that make sure you get there early in order to make sure you get a good space mm -hmm. um, sort out your meeting times and everything like that because it's going to be busy. Oh yeah, it's, it's it's it gets so crowded. Mm. But it's really it's, fun. Um, what most people will do there are some places where they'll build like um temporary uh, food stalls uh, where they'll sell like a lot of Japanese street food like um, yakisoba or they'll mm -hmm. sell um, like these pastries that are filled with um, red bean paste um, the ones that look like fish I love those um, <laughs> and then there will be also like stalls for kids where like you could fish you could try and like catch some fish you can try and like win prizes so it's like a very mini fair at least the one that yeah. I, when I lived near Shukugawa, they did that every year and it was lots of fun. Um, but actually a lot of people bring their own food and it's actually very yes. traditional to do so um, because people will pack these multi-level bento boxes um, <laughs> that they share with everyone during Hanami. And it's actually a really big part of it is the sharing of food, the sharing of alcohol and like the sharing of the experience of watching the flowers. Yep, it's definitely one of those things. And it's, you know, there's just all like special foods that come out for that particular time of year as well. So they, was it Kit Kats that are flavored to be like sakura and all that mm -hmm. sort of stuff? It's, and it's just interesting that it's so specific that there was, we've got Kit Kats for this. It's this important. It's not yeah. only have we got a Kit Kat, it's just shaped <laughs> like a flower. We've got it where it's, it's a really taste of the thing as well. They go all in. And it's one of those things is that you know, a lot of like Japanese sweets, if you go for like sort of like higher end stuff, sometimes a bit sort of fancy, they do have the ones that are flavored like that with the anko in the middle and all that sort of stuff. And it's and it's really sort of special thing, even outside of that particular time period, it's a really special thing. It's a flower that just seems to be very important in Japanese thought processes and things like that, because I suppose it is associated with the kind of rebirth sort of thing and spring. Mm -hmm. And it's spectacular. I mean, it, it, you really see it happening. It's, uh, it's, it's the all only at once. Yeah. I think that's the thing that's so beautiful about Hanami is the fact that it's with spring it feels like it happens fairly gradually and you see a couple flowers mm. start to show up and then a couple more. Hanami is like at once within like a 2-day period all the flowers are blooming. You have mm. them for about a week and then they're all gone. And it's just like yeah. it's super distinct. You know when Hanami is happening, you see them everywhere and then they're gone. But then because there are sakura that are sakura trees that are bred just for the flowers, just like there are sakura mm -hmm. trees that are bred just for the cherries. Um, so most of the ones that have these spectacular blooms, they don't really produce any fruit, um, mm. but they are gorgeous trees. Um, and actually, yes. one of the things I found for the food, which I thought was really interesting, is that there is a specific type of dango that is made for hanami called hanami dango. Uh, dango uh -huh. is a sweet rice cake, so it's kind of like mochi, yeah. but it's it has already sweetness in the rice cake, whereas mochi sometimes, mm -hmm. the mochi itself is fairly plain. It's what's inside that gives it the flavor. Yeah. Um, and hanami dango is very specific because it has three balls of sweet rice cakes. The top one is white, the middle one is pink, and the bottom one is green. Um, and yeah. it's 
very specific because those are the colors of the flower of the white and the pink and then the green for the leaf and a lot of the times it's you could eat it by itself if you wanted to it's sometimes also served with this like brown sugar syrupy thing it's really Mm. good I remember the first time it was offered to me, I was like, that looks savory. It looked savory yes. to me. So when I actually ate it and it was sweet, I was like, oh, this is a very weird experience. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's been so long since I've had that. I mean, it's one of those things that you just kind of get reminded of. You just go, it's good. I really miss it. Because <laughs> it's, it's so specifically Japanese. It's just quintessentially Japanese. You just kind of think, oh, my God. <laughs> it doesn't, it doesn't, <clears throat> there's nothing else like it elsewhere. No, not really. And sometimes during, for Hanami, because there's so many levels to the bento boxes and like what people provide for their friends, um, people will do like onigiri or they'll make chirashi, which is a bed of rice and then a bunch Mm -hmm. of different fish on it, fish eggs, um, actual egg, like pancakes that have been chopped up. It's a whole dish and it's absolutely delicious. Um, Some people will make like these special rolls, uh, negi, um, that are really good and there's just a lot of different foods that are available, that are portable, that last for a long time. Because that's the idea mm. is you're going to be celebrating all day and you'll yeah. take turns. Like some people will leave, they'll come back. But there's always like a fairly large group all sharing sake. That's actually very big to share during Hanami is to actually have mm. sake. I think more and more people have been, you know, bringing in beer and wine, but I think most traditional is to have sake during Hanami and people yes. get like rip roaring drunk. Like that was one of the, <laughs> like other than going out late at night in like the San Nomiya area, um, which was like kind of one of the major like hubs uh, in Kobe. Yes. Um, when I was living in Japan, the only times we really saw people like drunk, publicly drunk would be the people who would work, the businessmen who would go out, drink, and then they would go home. Or everyone would be drunk during Hanami. And it was so yeah. it was so strange because it was like during the day, people were outside and it was everyone, women, older men, like not children, <laughs> but like people were like <laughs> drunk and clearly having fun. It was really, yes. it, it was so different because most of the time in Japan, it felt like everyone was quite reserved and very much like focusing on themselves and, um, mm themselves and others like how do i interact with others in this world and hanami felt like one of those few times where it was like we're having fun this is like we can yep. just have fun right now that's all that matters just let your hair down it's all right <laughs> it's it, it's such an amazing thing i mean it's it's difficult to like kind of convey it without pictures of like how impressive it is i mean particularly in big cities there are a lot of places i mean kyoto's always going to have stuff because i mean that city is so ancient and it's been the capital for so long mm-hmm. or was the capital for such a long time there are so many places in kyoto that you can kind of uh, go to and see these trees mm-hmm. um they are everywhere because it's it's so important uh, as an idea um and you know especially if you're talking about tetsugaku no michi you can just walk down that and it is several kilometers of this sort of stuff mm-hmm. that's it's very much like there. shukugawa it's it's yeah it's kilometer like you are walking and it is nothing but sakura flowers it's so pretty yeah. um i actually was interested in when it kind of started um just mm. because it feels like it's been around for a long time and that's because it has <laughs> um it started in the nada period which would have been around okay. 710 to 794 um yeah 
but it was specifically at the time dedicated to the ume blossom, which, as I mentioned, is the plum mm-hmm. tree. And it was over time that it shifted over more towards the sakura tree. And that was mm-hmm. within the Heian period, uh, which is more like 794 right. till um, 1185. And that was mm-hmm. the one that really made it that hanami became synonymous with sakura. So over time, it actually came to the point where um, flowers were called sakura. Like if you use the yeah. term flower, you were referring to a sakura flower. Um, mm-hmm. And especially in poetry, so like in waka or in haiku, that was what would be used. Would They would say the term flower, but it was always in your mind, you were describing a sakura flower. Yeah, sakura. Yeah. Well, this is just a well, it's fun point is that, you know, the Nara period, obviously Nara used to be the capital of Japan until it it shifted a couple of times before it actually ended up in Kyoto, but I think there were a couple of rapid shifts of capital. Um, so if you're going back that far, it's very early. That's sort of like when you first start getting Buddhism moving in, and it's when you start, you still have the emperors, you don't have the shoguns yet, and that kind of thing. So it's very early. It's very early. Um, in terms, I mean, yeah, so well over a thousand years, but I mean, in terms of Japanese history, the Nara period is when people start going, yeah, this is when things really sort of became where you can sort of see something, you kind of go, yeah, this is Japan as we kind of understand it in a more modern context mm-hmm. so in, in terms of like looking back over the history. So it's interesting that it's lasted that long. I mean, I don't know of any, I suppose there are European traditions, but they tend to be pan-European rather than sort of like special traditions for locals. And a lot of the times they're kingdom. also tied to religion, whereas mm. Hanami is not religious. It's It's more of a celebration of the sakura tree it is a celebration of the beauty of the ephemera part of the reason why it is such a big deal is the fact that they don't last long so in a way it's you're celebrating such a limited special thing that you only get to see for a very short amount of time so you should enjoy that beauty because soon it's going to be gone i think that's such a powerful philosophy to kind of center an entire holiday around is celebrating the ephemera of nature. It's fascinating. Mm. I loved it so much when I lived there. There was there was always something that to me felt very interesting because around Hanami, like you said, you start seeing all these foods that start popping up that are all sakura yeah. flowers. Um, they're all pink um, or they have that very artificial kind of like flowery sakura taste, which I personally love. It's a flavor yeah. that I absolutely adore and you cannot get it here in the States. You can get it if you order it from no. Japan. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you're not going to get it naturally here in the U.S. And um, it's something that once in a while when I do get to taste it, it makes me feel at home. Just kind of like matcha. Yeah. Anytime I taste matcha, it makes me feel yeah. a little more at home. It's it's such a difficulty to describe that taste because, I mean, the thing is, is that it's very light taste. It's mm-hmm. not... It, it's... It's a strange one because it is very sweet, but it's a subtle, light taste. It's flowery. It's a, that's that's one yeah. of the best ways to describe it. It tastes like you think a flower would taste. Yeah, I suppose the closest thing you could kind of get in terms of taste in the West might be rose water, but even that doesn't really taste like it. it yeah. No, it's even it's more subtle than that. Rose water can be very yeah. powerful. Sakura is yeah. very faint and very mild. Um, 
but it is lovely. It's a great, it's a great flavor. I'll be honest, doing yeah. the research into this and thinking back on it, a lot of this episode was just me thinking of when I was living in Japan and how much I missed it mm-hmm. and how much I yeah. missed spending time with friends and getting to be a part of something that I knew I was never going to be a hundred percent involved in because as a foreigner, I was yeah. always going to stand out. But there was something that I always appreciated about being able to participate even at a distance in something that meant so much. Like you could tell that Hanami meant a lot to people. Yeah, I think it just is because I kind of said earlier, because it is so quintessentially Japanese. It's just as soon as you start seeing the pictures and as soon as you start seeing the images, you just go, yeah, I I remember that. It's Mm -hmm. and it's such a special event. And because it's so dramatic and because it's so brief, it really sticks with you as something that, you know, feels special. I mean, I can't think of anything else in Britain or that that you would think of where somebody or a group of people would be so interested in a particular flower at a particular time of year. I think the only time that people start talking about this sort of thing is when they talk about the bluebell wood. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just, and But people don't go out to look at it. They just notice the only, them. I think, yeah, I mean, I suppose people must go out to look at it, but I mean, like, they don't, they don't do it in the way that you would do it for Hanami. You just wouldn't, it doesn't, it doesn't have that cultural sensation in a sense. The only other thing I can think of that I've heard of in Britain is looking at daffodils in the Lake District because of Wordsworth's poem. That's about as close as somebody goes to look at this thing that, you know, a poet wrote about, you know, about two or three hundred years ago. Yeah, but they're not like, they're not like camping out overnight to go look at the daffodils, are they? No, no. No, they're not. I mean, it's, and, and you're not going to be sitting there. You might have a picnic there, but you're not going to have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people doing it. Mm-hmm. It's a really big event, uh, and it is for everybody, which is the other nice thing. And as I say, it is everywhere. I mean, it's difficult to stress how important these trees tend to be. They are everywhere. I mean, it's just like looking at some of the pictures of like uh, some of the old castles and things like. Oh, it's like a castle. They've got them there. They've got them at Himeji. Um, uh, they, they must have them at the Gosho, which is in Kyoto. Um, I don't know if they have them at Nijo Castle in Kyoto, but they probably do. Uh, I would be surprised if they didn't, because it was the shogun's. It was the shogun's living quarters. The shogun's used to be sort of like the warlords. Uh, yeah, I think they would have. Uh, if so they, if they don't have a large number of them, they definitely have a few. Yeah, definitely. It's. It's just one of those things, I don't know, it's, it's such a sort of odd particular thing, and it's just for this one planet, this one time of year. Well, not one planet, I'm obviously got Urbina as well, but it's it's just the nostalgia of it. It just gets to you, doesn't it? You can't, you can't quite articulate what it's like. I just always remember it making me very happy, seeing so mm. many people, like, outside and celebrating. Um, it kind of in a way relates to me with like Mardi Gras where it's that idea of mm. celebrating, having fun, being together as a community. Um, but Mardi Gras is even more raucous and wild. Whereas I feel like Hanami is still quite subdued, um, but it's still an excuse for people to come together and celebrate and have a really good yes. time, even within a public space. Whereas I feel like a lot of the times when we celebrate, it's very internalized Um it definitely mm. in Japan, a lot of the times celebrations were quite internal, but this was one of the few times where it was like in public, a celebration, really, really fun and big and loud. Um, yeah. Well, 
as loud as you can be without like blasting music <laughs> and you know having a parade it was just like people sitting on the side of uh, the river or behind, underneath the sakura trees and drinking and eating mm. food sounds like a great time um <laughs> and actually i think i think what's so interesting with the sakura tree is that it is a huge symbol for japan it has a lot of mm. meaning and impact on the culture and I mean, that's really clear with the fact that after World War II, Japan actually gifted the United States with sakura trees. Um, that makes sense. And they got planted within Washington, D.C. And actually, mm -hmm. D.C. has a fairly large hanami that they do every year when the f sakura trees okay. bloom as well. Um, there's also like a, a Japanese population that's there. We have a yeah. small hanami that happens here in Buffalo. We only have That'd like cool. a couple of trees and they're, they mm. try so hard <laughs> <laughs> and it's not as like intensive as hanami is in Japan, but it is yeah. an excuse for the local Japanese community, which isn't very big to come together and recognize that they are a community here in the buff in the Buffalo area. Yeah. I, guess, I suppose because I suppose it's not going to do so well in Buffalo because the weather's a bit colder, isn't it? I mean, because you think of like the sort of time when it happens in Japan. The thing is, is that you've got to remember the temperature tends to be a bit warmer than it would be in somewhere like near the UK or the US, well, the Northern United States at this time of year. Mm -hmm. It's 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 a, a temperature where you can go out and not f worry about being cold. Yeah, it, it it's an interesting one because. I th I'm pretty sure you would end up your, your jackets and everything like that would be gone by the time it got to that time of year. You would be like, no, we're not. We don't. Oh, need for them. sure. It's going to be too hot. It's that kind of thing. It's and you know you've got the bright sunlight. The days are reasonably long. And you the weather's not generally that bad at that time of year either. I mean, it's it's before the rainy season and it's so it's not too hot. It's not like the high summer or anything like that. It's pleasantly warm. Yeah, I remember Hanami always being really nice like weather wise yes. like there was i don't remember a hanami when i lived there where it rained i remember like the full week being just lovely like yeah. mild weather sunshine maybe cloudy mm. but really like not rain yeah i i can't i don't remember actually ever i mean that's the thing is, is maybe i'm sort of slightly rose tinted thing of going yeah i remember them trees <laughs> you know <laughs> this is like you can't you, it's 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 that's it's, just, it's that sort of thing it's just very difficult to remember anything at that time of it being wet or anything like that mm -hmm. it's just it's a really good, nice time of year spring in japan is really really nice and i think that's probably partly why the tradition sort of appears because you've got these you know again sort of like the rebirth thing it's it's really quite important in a certain sense i mean even one of the most famous songs to come out of japan is that song sakura mm-hmm yeah and it's quite a famous one it's like i I think there's, you can find it on YouTube if you want to, but it's all about the sakura trees and that kind of thing, played on a koto, so a very Japanese instrument. Yes. And I think I remember once being taught to play it on a koto. And the interesting thing about that sort of thing is that what they do is they, they kind of give you what they call tabs. So basically the strings are numbered. So mm -hmm. you've just got to remember which numbered string to play at a certain time, and that gives you the melody and everything like that. Hmm. And it's it an interestingly simple melody, but it's very, very recognisable. You play so many instruments. <laughs> I, I was, it was only this one day where they just were showing us how to do it, and that was the song that they taught us. Because it, it, it kind of like shows you how... I mean, because it's quite simple, but I think the thing is that maybe that's part of the reason is because it's such an important time of year and such an important event that 
these tunes and things like that. It's and it's a folk tune, I suppose. Or and is it? You know, it's that kind of thing. I don't know how old the song is actually, because they do these things do appear in art and literature all over the place. They appear, they appear in the tale of Genji in terms of like talking about Sakura. Um, you see it as an image in all sorts of Japanese stuff as well. So like, you know, on clothing, um, on food and stuff like that. It's just it's everywhere. Mm-hmm. It's such an it, it's because like people have like see. national plants, but like you know like they, you don't see it that often. I suppose the only other people that you kind of notice, everybody knows about is is shamrocks from Ireland. It's the only kind of thing I could think of that's comparable in terms. Of I was gonna like, say yes, I was gonna say probably with. the closest would be like shamrocks, like people looking out for shamrocks mm. and stuff like that. I looked up the song. Yeah. It's called. It's actually called Sakura Sakura, and it was a popular mm. urban melody in the Edo period. Oh, okay. So, reasonably old. Yeah. It says it's been popular since the Meiji period, but it was a popular urban melody in the Edo period. Okay. So it's not actually a court one. That's interesting. Because it's urban, then it's not mm-hmm. going to be written by courtiers and kind of yeah, these are the people. We, this is who it's for. Because I mean, that's always the thing with these things—is you always have a, you have always have the courts. So I'm assuming that they would be the ones that would have been in charge of making sure. I mean, I'm assuming, and believe at first they were the ones who had all the plants, so they could actually kind of—it was for them at first. And then, I suppose that's how you kind of show your power, though, isn't it? You kind of go, "Yeah, we can give this to all of you now." So yeah, I guess it's a good way of doing things. I'm not sure how like it developed over time. I'm just really grateful that it was. It is what it is now because yes. I got to enjoy it when I lived there. <laughs> <laughs> I just have very, very fond memories of Hanami because it also meant that we were getting close to the summer months. So it was going to start getting warm mm-hmm. again. And it was already warm by the time Hanami rolled around. Yeah. Um, it was an excuse to be outside, to hang out with friends. I know that yes. during the period of Hanami, um, we there were very famously groups of kids from our high school who would go actually near my house who would go to the Shukugawa <laughs> River uh the Shukugawa area and they would yeah. camp out uh underneath the flowers and there are many stories of some of the kids that we went to high school with getting riotously drunk Keep in mind, in Japan, you can drink at the age of 18, just letting you know. Um, and they would get riotously drunk. I know there was at least a story of one student falling into the river, if not... Oh, great. Yeah, there was one who fell into the river and then another one who went after him to help him. This is also a river that's like maybe a foot deep. It is not a deep river, okay. but it was more like embarrassing <laughs> that he fell in. Um... <laughs> and then needed help to get out. Yes. <laughs> oh, God. That, that must have been brilliant to see. <laughs> like, Dragnet, come on. I know I wasn't there, but I do remember multiple years, like, walking down uh, the river, and then I would see kids from school. And our school wasn't big. Mm-hmm. Like, every grade was, like, maybe 50 students. So we all kind of knew each other, especially the high school and middle school. We we were basically all in the same hallway. So even if you didn't talk to each yes. other, you knew each other. Um, and actually most of my friends were a lot older than me. So I remember going mm-hmm. down the Shukuba <laughs> river and I like saw people that I was friends with at school. And I was like, hi guys. And they would be drunk, having a great time under the Sakura flowers. And I was like, I'm going to keep walking with my family, but it's lovely to see you all. 
<laughs> Just make sure you get home safe. Exactly. But that's also the thing that I think is so great with Japan is there is such a safe um, public transportation system yes. that you don't, ha- there's not as much of a worry with drinking and driving. I know there is still that issue and it absolutely mm. is really terrible. People should not be doing that. Um, but I think it's a lot more reduced in Japan because the public transportation is so safe and it's not that expensive yes. that people can just like get rip roaring drunk and then they can just hop on the train and go home and walk it off. Like yes. there's a lot more of an understanding of as a group, we need to take care of each other. So if I'm drunk, I'm not going to drive. I'm going to take mm-hmm. the train. I'm going to walk home. I'm going to take my bike don't bike drunk. That sounds like a terrible idea. But <laughs> there are definitely ways around doing that without having to drive. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the, yeah, yeah, that is the good thing about it. It's basically with the public transport in Japan, you're going to get anywhere pretty easily most of the time if you're in a big city. It's mm-hmm. not too difficult. There's not going to be too much walking involved. So, and generally speaking, Japan is very safe comparatively speaking. I mean, that's not to say that bad things don't happen, but I mean, you are generally speaking going to be okay. Oh, Um, for sure. I was a young woman (laughs) living in Japan, um, and very frequently I would be coming home late because of rehearsals, or I would be out visiting a friend. I would get home 10, 11 o'clock. I never, ever, ever worried about my safety. That changed very quickly for me when I moved to France, (laughs) when I was living in Paris, but (laughs) living in Japan was incredibly safe. I honestly Mm. never felt worried about my physical self. I always felt like I was going to be taken care of or uh, not even going to be touched or bothered. Um, I think the one time we had someone uh come up and bother us was actually around the hanami period um my Mm. mom and i were on the train uh we were uh going on the train home and i remember this guy who was kind of drunk coming up to us and he like bowed and was kind of talking and then this totally random dude definitely didn't know this guy walked up to him like bowed super apologetically to my mom and I was like (laughs) profusely saying sorry and then like gently guided this drunk man away from us and sat him down and could tell he was like kind of chastising him and we're like it's fine like he was just chatting he wasn't being mean or like rude but there was still this element of like oh we're being taken care of like they're watching over us yes um I think it helped that we're foreigners (laughs) we were foreign women Mm, um but there was still that element of like we got you. You'll you'll be okay. Yeah. I, I mean, is this? A, I don't remember ever having any problems like that. I mean, even around Hanami, I don't remember having problems like that. To be fair, uh, it's it's unusual. I mean, it probably happens more than we think it does. But I mean, it's you don't get the impression that it happens as much as. I mean, you're not going to get catcalled or anything like that in Japan in the same way as you would in Britain or. Elsewhere. I never, I never got catcalled until I moved to France. And the first time it happened, I was so shocked that I didn't know what to do. And thankfully, I was with my best friend and she just like gently pulled me away and like was like, mm-hmm. ignore him, ignore him, we'll keep walking. But it was so shocking to me. Like it had yeah. just never happened to me. And so all of a sudden getting cat called and it was like, oh, what is this? Like, I hate this. Whatever this is, I don't like yeah. it. And I I I was very lucky. I was very privileged living in a country where I felt so safe. So suddenly living in a country where I was like, you do have to watch out for yourself a little more was a little bit of a rude awakening, but also like 
I, I should have known. Like, I should have known better and been aware. Well, well, I don't know. That's what they all say. But, I mean, what are you supposed to do? I mean, if you grow up in a country that you, where that stuff doesn't happen, you're not going to... How are you supposed to know is all I can... Yeah, you're about. right. That's also true. If if you have grown up in a way where that's not even an issue in the first place, you wouldn't be like, I'm ready for anything. You're just like, yeah. I'm used to what I grew up with, and now I have to learn a whole new way of doing things. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I I honestly... This episode is probably the episode that has made me the most homesick for Japan. <laughs> I know it, it did that for me as well. It's, 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 the thing is, it's really difficult to articulate. Mm-hmm. That's the thing is, it's just so difficult to articulate because there is nothing like it in European society that I can think of. There just isn't anything quite like it. You can kind of say it's like, oh yeah, it's people going for picnics and stuff, and people go, well, that sounds like fun. It's like it's just being there and seeing it you have to do it in order to completely kind of go wow this is what's going on yeah it's 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 the scale of it it's how impressive it is mm-hmm. how many flowers there are on the trees it's just they're laden with these flowers and it's just nothing else quite like it i can't think i mean the only thing in britain that sort of like maybe it's maybe the bluebells, as far as I can say. You know, and the thing is, that these trees are tall. You can see them from a long distance away. Mm-hmm. There's just the only kind of tree that I can think of in Britain that you look at from a long distance away and go, oh, that's that kind of tree. It's a magnolia tree. Mm-hmm. That's the only one you notice in that same sort of way. But it isn't as impressive. Right. It's beautiful, but it's not as impressive. No, the it's, sakura it's, is really yeah. impressive because it takes over the entire tree. Like, it really yes. does. It's not like mostly leaves and then a couple flowers. It's like the whole tree is flowers. It's mm. all flowers with a small amount of leaves. So that's why I think it yeah. is so, like, it really does grab your attention because you so rarely see a tree that is literally nothing but flowers. Yes. <laughs> like, yes. it's it's really so beautiful and mesmerizing and... I really do miss it. There is something that is so fun and exciting about it that, like you said, there there really isn't anything in the West that even comes close to what that experience is like. No, no. And even the photographs don't do it justice. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it kind of gives you an idea of the awe factor of it, of like how... Mm impressive it is but it's not until you're there in person that you feel like the environment of the people you feel like how excited people get and it feels like a festival it really does it has that feeling of like we're out here celebrating because it is a festival yeah exactly (laughs) um it feels like one because it is one seems nay it is (laughs) my hamlet quote the only one i can do Oh, man. (laughs) Well, I just want to thank everyone for joining us today on our little nostalgia trip. I love Hanami so much, so it was really fun getting to talk about it. Um, If you have any questions, comments, feel free to leave it on whatever uh, way that you are listening to this podcast, whether it be Spotify, Apple Podcasts, whatever it may be, or on YouTube. We're also on YouTube. Mm -hmm. Um, If you want to reach us directly, you can also uh, send us a tweet. We're on Twitter at Passport 
N-E-C-E-S-S-1. Um, we're very excited. In a couple weeks, we should have some interviews coming out. We have a lot of mm -hmm. really fun new ideas. So I'm excited. I can't yes. wait to do it. Um, Neither can I, actually. <laughs> but thank you so much for listening to us, and I hope you have a great rest of the day. Bye. Bye.